a roach in the living room, I think you should call a buggy man. Mice and some roaches running through the house. The bed bugs biting up your kids and your spouse. The money getting low nearly drained your account. Cause you bought all that shit. Still can't get them out. Better call the buggy man. You should call the buggy man. Better call the buggy man. You should call the buggy man. Better call the buggy man. You should call the buggy man. Better call the buggy man. You should call the buggy man. Call 1-800-867-8431 for all your pest control needs in the metro Detroit area. Terrify your pests with the best. your man Tarek Ahad back for another episode of Wild Out with Tarek, the most unapologetic podcast in the game. And y'all already know what time it is. I'm about to turn it up on you niggas like my part coming. I want to say shout out to my motherfucking sponsor. Y'all just heard his uh, brand new commercial for his pest control business. My man Tim Flood, the buggy man. Uh, go back, listen to the commercial, get the number, all your pest control needs. Holla at my dog. Shout out to him. He's the gracious benefactor of this podcast that y'all about to hear. So, again, thanks to you, my brother. With that being said, we're going to jump right into it. And uh, this particular episode is it's one that I knew I was going to do this entire time. So, it's an episode that I knew uh, I was going to eventually get to. But, you know... Uh, other shit jumped in front of it. I ain't gonna lie. I don't, you know, I I I pretty much know what I'm gonna do, but uh, I got some shit outlined this in, in the setup. But you know, life happens, and you know, people, hey man, shit, let me jump on the pod, or I bump into somebody like, man, you should really come on the podcast, and you know, so this episode really just got pushed to the side for a long time. Uh, but now it's time. You know what I mean? Uh, people been asking for it, and I I, I believe it's due. You know, it's the second season. I believe it's due. And real shit, this episode is just me, and it's my story, you know. So it's just more of an understanding of who the fuck I am, who the fuck y'all been listening to, you know what I'm saying? And, nigga, why the fuck are we listening to you? Why do you got a podcast? Like, what the fuck is going on? Where did you come from, nigga? So this is just basically that breakdown and that explanation of, of who the fuck I am, you know what I mean? And... uh like I said, a couple of people have been asking for it, so we're just going to get into it. You know what I'm saying? Voila. Uh, I really, when I when I knew that I was going to do a podcast, right, I, my vision for it was for it to not be totally about me. I don't want to sit up here and just give my thoughts and my opinions all the fucking time. Like, who the fuck am I that y'all should just listen to what the fuck I got to say? You know what I mean? Type shit. So... That ain't what I want to do, you know what I'm saying? I bring other motherfuckers on here so I can engage with them, hear their points of view, because I already know what I think. And if y'all been following me on social media for any length of time, then you pretty much know, you know, what I think. Uh, some of y'all been following me since I've been on social media, since 2010 when I came home from prison, you know what I'm saying, when I jumped on Facebook. Some of y'all been on this journey with me that fucking long, you know, in 2011 and 12 when... uh. Detroit Twitter was really fucking popping. Some of y'all been, you know, my friends and following each other that fucking long. So 
we got shit, 10, 12 years in this shit. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of people who just getting hip to me off IG, off the questions, off the podcast, you know what I'm saying, new followers on Twitter. So it's some of fuckers who don't really know my background, don't really know my story, or why the fuck I'm so opinionated, or, you know, how I came to say the type of shit that I say. So this is just that. But like I said, I never wanted this platform to be all about me, which is why I have so many guests, why I bring motherfuckers on so I can get that other point of view you know, we can, you know, ping pong ideas and ideologies and, you know, debates back and forth off of each other versus y'all just sitting up here listening to me all the motherfucking time, right? But y'all do need to know who I am. So uh, if you go back, right, the very second episode that I did was called Dear Mama. So it was basically me giving my old bird her flowers, you know, while she could still smell them and letting her know how much I appreciate her for uh, the woman that she has she has been to me and the mother that she has been to me and my sister. I just wanted to let her know uh, that she did a bang-up job raising us. She did the best she could fucking do. And uh, no matter the fuck what me and my sister got into, it wasn't her fault. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't my mom's fault. It was our own doing, our own decisions, right? So I just wanted to give her, you know, her flowers while she could smell them. And we, we got into a lot, right? So in that episode, we talked about my life prior to prison and my experiences in prison, not just on myself, but on her, her mother, my mother watching her fucking baby boy go to fucking, you know, state penitentiary, like at 21 years old. That shit was devastating her. So like I said, if you go back and you listen to the episode, uh, the very second episode called Dear Mama, it's on, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, any all your podcast platforms, it's right there. And we talk about how I was in the street selling dope before to me uh, catching my case in 2004, attempted murder, being found guilty, and being sent to prison in 2005 for five and a half years. Uh, how I got to that place, how it, it impacted and affected both of us, and it's just a lot of information, but... This episode is from my release date, July 2010, up until today. So a lot of motherfuckers, like I say, some of y'all been here on this journey with me already. Some of y'all been with me since I came, since I walked out of the penitentiary in 2010. And, you know, my sister created my Facebook. Some of y'all been right there. Some of the first friends I ever added and still friends. So we got 12 years. So, and but a lot of people came along later on in life. But this is just that part of the story. So you can go back and hear the first part of the story if you listen to that episode, the Dear Mama episode. And you can listen to this episode if you want to know the rest of the story. Who the fuck I am and why I be talking all this shit, right? So when I got out of prison, right, so it was crazy. So uh, in 2004, I get convicted. Uh, I I take my case to trial uh, and I get convicted, found guilty of attempted murder, right? I get sentenced to, oh, shit, I get sentenced to 60 months to 15 years. I'm like, how the fuck long is 60 months? Like, it didn't register. It took about fucking five minutes for me to calculate that that meant five years, right? So, uh, 60 months to 15 years. So, uh, I'm like, God damn, what the fuck, right? But, shit, I walked that shit down. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have a motherfucking choice. I walked the time down. Uh, went to the parole board a couple times, got flopped, got out, 
got my parole uh, in 2004. I didn't even believe the guard when he told me I had it. I, I knew I was waiting. I saw the parole board. I knew I was waiting on it, but I didn't. You know, I, I I still I guess I was a little bit institutionalized, and I didn't fully believe that I was getting the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? I just went to the CO and asked him, like, bro, can you look up, see if I got my parole? Gave me my prison number. And that nigga was like, yeah, you going home. I said, man, you lying. He turned the screen around so I could see the computer screen. But I didn't know what the fuck none of that shit meant. He was like, then he pointed to it. And uh, it had my release date on there. And I was like, he like, yeah, that's the day you walking out of this bitch. And I just ran to the phone and called my mama like, yo, I got my parole. I'm coming home. So from that day to the day I walked out, it was 68 days. I had 68 days, you know, uh, to get my shit together and get the fuck up out of there. So when I walk out of prison in July 2010, uh, what they did at this time was they drove. The, so it used to be back in the day. It used to be your people come pick you up from wherever prison you was you were at, right? Your people could come pick you up, and that's why you see the motherfucking videos and motherfuckers like, you know, like uh, Avon and shit uh, on on the wire when they came and picked him up. Nigga changed clothes in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? Type shit jumps in the big boy truck and they pull off. They stopped doing that in Michigan because of a technicality, right? So what they did what what they did in 2010, I don't know what they do now, but what they did in 2010 when I got out was they put everybody who the fuck coming out. So first they send you to your region. So I got my parole. I was in Kenross, Michigan. Then they sent me down to Mound. So I'm right on the east side of Detroit. So what they do is they take everybody from that's going home and they take the east side niggas and the west side niggas, right? So the east side niggas got a different parole office than us. So they put us all in the van and they drop you off at your parole office. So they put like 10 niggas in the van. So we just sitting in the little uh in the visiting room all day. They gave us breakfast and shit. You first you turn all your clothes in and shit, all your state shit. You got to give all that shit back, jackets, coats, belts, all of that shit, drawers, socks. You got to give it all back to them. Then they give you a change out outfit, you know what I'm saying, for you to go the fuck home in. And they take your prison ID and give you a parole ID. It goes from your prison ID is yellow, then your parole ID is orange. And that's what you use to take to the Secretary of State so you can get your ID and, you know, voter registration and all that little good shit, right? But uh, <clears throat> so they take you out and uh, they put you in this van and then they drop you off to your parole office. The reason they start doing that is... People never, people would get out and would never go to their parole officer. So they, they use it. You get your parole, you go out, your people come pick you up from the prison, and then you had a certain amount of time to go see your PO. Motherfuckers would never go to even meet their parole officer. Like they would just go and just live their life. And technically, you can't violate parole if you'd never meet your parole officer. Because your parole officer gives you all this paperwork to sign, right? Well, they can't hit you with the violation. They can just hit your ass with a new. They'll come. They're gonna come pick you up eventually, but 
they couldn't really hit you with the parole violation because you never fucking been to this nigga. You never seen this motherfucker. So they just started dropping you off. So they know, nigga, you seen your PO. So now whatever other sh- dumb shit you do, we're going to tack that on. Plus, we're going to hold you because you got a uh, violation, a parole violation. So they dropped me off at the PO office on the west side. It was on 8 Mile in the Lodge at the time. And uh, I, I walk in there and... uh. I don't know that my people know where I'm at. You know, my mom, she had been on the shit, so she was already on her way, but I don't know this. You know what I'm saying? I just know, you know what I'm saying? I told her, shit, I'm getting out tomorrow. She was like, all right, I got you. We good. But when we get to, I don't know if she's going to be there on time. I don't know what the fuck time she coming, none of that. So when I get out, I'm in the PO office and shit, and I'm like, hey, I, I see other niggas in there coming in to report shit. <clears throat> and I'm like, hey, bro, can I see your phone? I need to call my people. And then he like, all right, and he hand me a touch screen. I ain't never seen a touch screen in my life. The last phone I had when I left was the fucking first Sprint camera phone in 2005. It ain't no buttons on this phone, bro. It's just black. It's just a black piece of plastic and glass. Like, what the fuck am I doing with this? So I'm looking at it all weird and shit. My man, like, he just bust out laughing like, damn, my bad, bro. And he take the phone. He like, what's the number? And he dialed a number. She didn't hand me the phone. So I called my mom. She like, motherfucker, I'm already on my way. Like, I'm on the freeway right now. I'm, I'm about to pull up. I'm like, all right, but I just want to make sure and shit. So she get out. You know what I'm saying? She she pull up. It's her, uh, my cousin, and my homeboy. And you know what I'm saying? They come in and shit. I go outside. They got clothes for me, gym shoes. You know what I'm saying? My nigga brought some liquor. I don't know why this nigga brought liquor to the parole office, but yeah, he brought some liquor, and like it was, it was just crazy. Like hugging my mom and like seeing her and being the fuck free. That shit was, it was amazing, right? It's a day I was, I don't give a fuck how long it's been. I'll never forget. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I come home in 2010, post recession, right? So the world that I left is no longer the same. It's it's no longer that. You know what I mean? Like, shit has got fucked up. The 08 recession hit motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? When I left the streets, money was plentiful. I was a drug dealer. Like, I, I was up. You know what I'm saying? So when I come back, motherfuckers is on their ass for real. And so my mom, she gives me $300 in cash and a cell phone. And, like... Nigga, I bought you some clothes. They at the crib and shit. Get it how you live. You know what I'm saying? And which is plenty, which is more than a lot of other motherfuckers come home to. You know what I'm saying? So I I was appreciative as a motherfucker because I know other motherfuckers don't even get that right. And uh, my cousin, he bought. He took me to the mall. You know what I'm saying? As soon as we left the PO office, bought me a couple pairs of shoes and shit. Right. So I just said all this to say that it was fucked up when niggas came when I, when when motherfuckers came home when I came home and shit right. The recession had hit motherfuckers bad right, but I'm still not knowing how bad it is in this moment because I'm still elated because I'm out of prison. I'm free. I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about, bitch. It's up. You know what I'm saying? Reality will soon hit my goofy ass right. So. Boom, I get I get out, I get out, see the PO, all that good shit. We shoot to the crib. And uh 
I get to the hood, I get to my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I see, you know, I gotta pop out. I gotta let motherfuckers know I'm fr- I'm home. You know what I'm saying? And it's the middle of summertime. So I pull up to the barbershop in my hood and shit. Motherfuckers get to hopping on the phone, calling niggas and shit like, yeah, bro, Teddy B out. You know what I'm saying? This nigga out, pull up. Woo woo. I swear, in like 30 minutes, it was like 60 niggas in the barbershop. Like everybody in that bitch is up. You feel me? Motherfuckers in this bitch going to the store. Motherfuckers in this bitch rolling up. It's so many bottles. It's so many bitches. It's so much weed. It's just, it's going crazy. It's a party in the barbershop in the middle of the day. I swear it's like a, it's like 11, 12 p.m. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like 12 p.m., right? Now, it's not even fucking afternoon for real. Like, it's early because I got out at like 9 a.m. So it's early as fuck, and we turned the fuck up, right? So I've been out three, four hours maybe. I got on brand new gym shoes. I got on a brand new outfit. I swear to God, a nigga asked me for some money, y'all. A motherfucker walked up to me. I'm four hours out of the penitentiary, and a motherfucker walked up to me and like, hey, bro, let me hold a couple. I'm, I'm like, nigga, what? Like, do you know why everybody here? Everybody here because I just walked out of prison. Motherfucker, if you don't give me some money, what the fuck is you talking about? Give you some money, nigga, like. Nigga, get the fuck out of my face. You know what I'm saying? But that's another sign that it took me a while to realize, like, oh, shit, it's it's bad out here. It's fucked up out here. You know what I'm saying? And I, did, I didn't catch it, right? So, boom, we partying. We having a good time and shit. Uh, I'm ego tripping, though, right? So and when I come home, I was... 27. I was 27 going on 28. I was 27 years old, right? I'm like, I'm not about to be 27 years old, you know what I'm saying? Coming from where I came from before prison to, you know, living back in my mama crib, you know what I'm saying, type shit, sleeping on the floor type shit. I ain't going to do it. So I, uh, because, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, I got too much pride, you know what I'm saying, some goofy shit. But so I moved in with uh with this chick, you know what I'm saying, who uh she my baby mama now, but at the time she was just a chick, right? So uh <laughs> boom, I moved in with her and she was staying in the motherfucking ponds, right, in Taylor. So that's like my first crib, you know what I'm saying? Out the out the penitentiary. That's my first motherfucking crib was in the motherfucking ponds, right? So we out there and, you know, I ain't got no motherfucking, she getting up going to work every day. I ain't got no motherfucking job. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm on parole. I'm, I'm sitting in the house literally twiddling my motherfucking thumbs because I'm out in Taylor. I don't, I don't have no motherfucking car. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't got shit to do. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, fuck it. I, I tell her, you know what I'm saying? Fuck it, just drop me off in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So she would drop me off in the hood and shit. Now I try to make something shake, but the hood was so motherfucking different because it done been ran through. You know what I'm saying? The feds done came through and indicted every motherfucking body. The fucking home loan crisis gutted that bitch. So now half the motherfucking cribs vacant. Motherfuckers done moved. All type of shit. New motherfuckers done moved in. So I'm like, I'm literally just over this bitch walking around all day. Going back and forth to the barbershop and shit. Like, it was, it shit was weird, bro. Like, it, it was just, it was weird. And it took me a long time to get my feet up under me. 
to figure out what the fuck I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, all, up until that point, all I had ever been was a drug dealer. But now, uh, it, it ain't no new crackheads, you know, that I that I knew. And shit, at the time, I didn't even have no motherfucking crack to sell them. So I was like, what the fuck am I about to do with my life? I had no clue in the beginning. I had no fucking clue. You know what I'm saying? But I knew I had to figure something out. And I, so, you know, I'm just walking around the fucking neighborhoods and shit. And she would come pick me up and, you know, we'd go back to the crib. And, you know, she trying to give me little ideas and shit. Like, she just get your motherfucking license. And this is this is uh pre-Uber, guys. She was like, shit, you could just drive a cab. Like, I know a bunch of niggas with felonies that just drive cabs and shit. Like, you just drive it. You know what I'm saying? We could get you... Get you in a motherfucking cab or something. I'm like, shit, I'll do whatever, low key. So, but now I had to go through the process of getting my license, you know what I'm saying? Which was some more hurdles, some more bullshit, right? So I go through the process, I'm getting my license and shit. And now, mind you, this ain't like day one or day two. This is, I'm, I'm doing this for months. Like, it's like two or three months now, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on because no one is hiring me. It was one month I went on 40 interviews in one month. I was going on, like, two a day. You know what I'm saying? And my mama, like, I'm telling her what's going on and shit. Everybody, you know, oh, man, put in an application here. Put in an application here. Put in an application here. I'm like, shit, I'll put in an application everywhere. I'm putting in hundreds of them bitches, right? I'm online all night on Career Builder, all of that shit. You know what I'm saying? All motherfucking night. I'm applying for everything. You feel me? And, you know, motherfuckers is throwing me little, little hints and shit like, here, sign up here, sign up here, woo right? Motherfuckers is, I'm going to the interview, knocking them dead, all of that shit. That motherfucking uh, background shit come up, and motherfuckers, oh, you got a felony? Ooh, I'm like, yeah, you know, I just got out of prison. When did you get out? Uh, Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago. Motherfuckers like, yeah, uh, we'll be in touch. Then what some motherfuckers would do, they would hire me, let me work, and then fire me. So that happened to me about six times. One of the best jobs I had was at Comerica Park, right? So I was working at Comerica Park. This is that summer that I come home. I'm working at Comerica Park. I'm cleaning up after the basket, uh, after the baseball games and shit, right? I'm so I'm I'm seeing the games for free because I, I literally have all access fucking pass. I can go anywhere in this motherfucking stadium, literally anywhere. I can go places other motherfuckers can't go because I'm cleaning up. So I'm all in the owners' boxes. I'm in the fucking locker room with the teams. I'm in the fucking. Visiting locker room with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Marlins. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, this shit was epic, bro. Like, I'm like, oh, this is it. And they was paying the bankroll to clean up after the motherfucking games. Especially on the days where they had double headers. Because we would literally have to go to work twice in one motherfucking day. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and like, the first cleanup, it was crazy. Like, I, I, used to, I swear to God, I love this job. So, boom, we would come in and clean the motherfucker up after the first game. So, I mean, b- before the game, right, boom, we clean it up, make sure everything's straight. After that game, we only had, like, a certain amount of time, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had to work quick as hell, but they was paying us more because it's doubleheader day, you know what I'm saying? And we clean up. Then we had to come in again 
you know what I'm saying, or stay after the game to clean up for the next day. Bro, we worked so motherfucking hard on them double-header days, but it was worth it, though. You know what I'm saying? The motherfucking pay was out cold. But, yeah, so I I done fucking career-builded myself into this job and shit, and I'm literally just walking around. What I would do is I'd walk around with, like, a snowblower and, like, blow the fucking trash to the fucking to the thing, then another nigga would just come and scoop that shit up on this little thing. Like, shit was cool. Shit was wild, right? So that was all I did. You know what I'm saying? We clean up major spills and wipe seats downs and shit like that. Empty trash cans, all that little goofy shit, right? Clean up shit. Shit was lit. But, you know what I'm saying? We fucking, you know, rubbing elbows with niggas and shit. I'm, I'm, I done met the whole fucking team. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting down talking to these niggas. All the fucking cheerleaders and the mother, everybody who work in that bitch. We just kicking it with these motherfuckers all day, right? Shit was lit. So I think I did that for about two months. And it was on some movie shit. Like, the nigga was like, man, you're such a good worker. And the nigga, like, mentioned me to somebody and higher up. And once they got a hold of my shit, they seen I was on parole. And they literally, like, you know, fuck the figurative shit. They literally tapped me on my shoulder, like, uh, today, your last day. I'm like, fuck, right? So this shit is happening to me, you know, for months. You know what I'm saying? Hired, fired, hired, fired, hired, fired. 30 interviews, no callbacks. So my mom, like, like she like, I'm praying for you. You know, just 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 keep trying, just keep trying. This shit gonna work out. This shit gonna work out. I'm like, well, nigga, win. You know what I'm saying? Like, because all of this shit sound good, but I don't got no money to buy a motherfucking pair of drawers if I need to right now. You know what I'm saying? All of that hope and all of that faith, all of that shit. That shit sounds wonderful, but right now I gotta ask somebody to buy me something to eat, and I'm 27. You know what I mean? With a son. With a fucking five-year-old son. Because my son was born when I was in jail. When I come home, he's five. So I'm 27 with a son. And no money. No prospects of opportunity. I don't know where my next dollar is coming from. Motherfuckers is, you know, throwing me little odd jobs. and shit. Hey, man, come clean this up or come do this or come, you know, can you drop me off over here? You know what I'm saying? Type shit. Like, shit was crazy. Like, motherfuckers is trying to help, but the economy fucked up. And I got this fucking scarlet letter. I got this badass felony over me on top of a fucked up economy. And shit was just bad. You know what I'm saying? I didn't understand exactly how bad it was until I got out there. So, all I ever been was a drug dealer. So, I fucking went back to selling drugs. You know, like, it's just what the fuck it is. It's only so long I'm going to sit around and be broke. It's only so long I'm going to sit around and watch motherfuckers get to it, and I'm sitting around looking dumb. Fuck that, nigga. Parole, no parole, I'm out here. Shout out to the statute of limitations. (laughs) But, yeah, parole, no parole, I'm the fuck out here, right? So, you know, but when I left, I was selling crack. You know what I'm saying? I was the crack dealer. Uh, crack hair and all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, this was way back in fucking 2004. But when I come home, it's another ball game. Now everybody on these motherfucking pills and on this lens. And if you remember, 
back in 2010, they was still, uh, it was still promethazine and all of that shit out here. You know what I'm saying? They, it was perp and yellow and all of that shit, tux, you know what I'm saying? And, <clears throat> and motherfucking Roxy's and all of that goofy ass shit, right? So motherfuckers is on Zans and all type of shit. So I'm like, oh, all right, this is what the young niggas is doing and shit. So I just jumped back into 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 that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck it, let me see if I can make me a couple of dollars of little tools and fuels and see what the fuck going on, right? So uh, that uh, that helped. <laughs> I ain't gonna cap. That helped, but I was still trying to do it the legit way. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still going on interviews, all type of shit. My nigga. This nigga who even turned out to not really be my nigga, but at the time he was my nigga. And he hooked me up with another job, matter of fact, right? So what happened was. Sorry about that. I had to take a sip of my whiskey. But uh it was a it was a simply fashions downtown on uh uh on Lafayette, right across the street from the King Homes, right? It's not there no more. But it was. So it was a Simply Fashions down there. And it was all females that worked there. And a nigga walked in and was and just strong arm robbed them. Like, you know what I'm saying, ran that bread out the register and shit. So they, you know what I'm saying, gave up the money. Boom, nigga left. The owner of the store knew my homeboy and asked him to do security up there. He had just got another job uh, doing some construction or some shit like that. So he calls me. He like, hey, bro, you want this job? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want a job. You know what I'm saying? He like, bet. I'm about to get old girl your number. She going to call you in a minute. Like, you fuck around and start tomorrow. I'm like, bet. Hell yeah. As soon as I hang up with this nigga, my phone ringing. She called me. Like, hey, ooh. I ain't going to even say the nigga name because he a whole ass nigga. But she was like, yeah, dog, hit me up. Told me about you. I need you at my store. We'll work. She like, come up there tomorrow. We'll work out the details. I'm like, bet. What time you want to be there? She's like, be there at 9 when we open up. I'm like, bet. I get there at 9 o'clock. She got breakfast and shit. She opened up the store. We eat breakfast. Talk. She like, listen, you don't got to do shit. All I, I just need you to stand in the motherfucking store. That's it. Stand here and look scary. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, shit, I, I can stand here all day. You know what I'm saying? She's like, boom, good looking. I got you. I'm going to give you $500 a week. I'm like, all right, bet. Fuck yeah. Come on with it, right? So she giving me the $500 a week under the table. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it ain't, ain't no paychecks, ain't no none of that shit, right? Uh, so I'm like, bet. And I literally just fucking stand here. That's it. That's all I do. Uh, and it was across the street from the King Homes, the projects and shit. So all the little project bitches coming in there and shit. I you know what I'm saying. I get to fucking go to comfortable holes and shit. Motherfuckers coming from downtown. I'm down the street from motherfucking uh Greek Town Casino. So I used to walk to the motherfucking casino and be gambling and shit. Just all type of goofy ass shit. But I, I you know what I'm saying. I stayed there for a minute. You know what I mean. And while I was there, one of my homegirls had convinced me to go back to school. Because when I, before I got locked up, I was going to Wayne State. You know what I'm saying? So she was like, nigga, 
you home, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might as well go to school. Like, you smart as fuck, you know what I'm saying? You, all you do is read. You might as well go back to school, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, shit, you help me fill all this motherfucking paperwork out, I'll do it. So <clears throat> we had to go back, uh, get the motherfucking uh, transcripts and all of that shit, and I end up applying to WC3. You know what I'm saying? Got into WC3. And so I'm working at Simply Fashions downtown, and I'm going to WC3 like three days a week, two or three days a week or some shit, right? And that's just how the fuck it went for a while. And I'm still, you know, selling lean and pills and shit. (laughs) So I'm doing all of that, right? So what happened was... uh. It's and it's so fucking crazy just how life works, man. This shit is wild. God damn, it's gonna this is gonna be a two part episode. This 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 shit is crazy. But anyway, I digress. So so what happened was an opportunity comes along to get some out of town money. One of my homies that I was locked up with, it, you know what I'm saying, had got out around the same time I got out and. <clears throat> He wasn't trying to go to school. He wasn't trying to work. That nigga was trying to get to it and make up for lost time. So he into some shit, fucking with his seven-mile niggas, and he hit me up. We done bumped into each other and started at the bar and shit, and he hit me up like, bro, I got this on the flow. I'll give it to you for this price. You can sell it for that price. I'm like, say less. fuck is you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Say motherfucking less. It's up, right? So I put a couple of fillers out. I asked a couple of niggas what's going on and shit. Boom. Some motherfuckers hit me back like, hey, yo. Uh, I got some people. They ain't in Detroit. They out the way. But if we can get down there to them, shit would be lovely. So I'm like, all right, bet. Nigga, we do it, right? The first trip. Scariest trip of my motherfucking life. I ain't going to cap. Scare! I done been out of town before. This is the scariest trip of my motherfucking life. I'm on parole. This nigga's on parole. It's three other niggas in the car. It's so much shit in this fucking car. I don't understand how we made it. No, no lie. I don't understand how the fuck we made it. <clears throat> but we made it, right? And boom. Shit go smooth, and we make it back. The trip home was one of the happiest trips of my life. You know what I'm saying? So I had the fucking worst, most scariest time of my life trying to get there. Then one of the happiest times of my life coming back. It was fucking nuts, right? But it was a real turnaround. Like, we wasn't even there fucking 12 hours. Shit was crazy. But uh, so when I come home, I'm like, this shit right here is lucrative, but it's not sustainable. I'm a smart nigga, right? I'm like, yeah, this shit was hot. It ain't going to last. We got lucky. So I come home, and I'm telling my baby mama, I'm like, listen, no matter what, this is the convers- This is the exact conversation I had with her. I say, no matter what, if I ask you to take me out of town, say no. I don't give a fuck what I say. I don't give a fuck if we argue, we fight. Don't ever do it because I don't want you to get locked up <clears throat> with me. But I'm knowing that some dumb shit is going to happen, right? So I'm like, I don't want you caught up in it. Fuck that, right? 
she dropped a bombshell on me after the conversation. All right, cool, no problem. You ain't got to worry about that because I'm pregnant. Oh, shit, I had one kid at the time. She like, yeah, nigga, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, fuck. So now I got a daughter on the way. So she really ain't about to do none of this OT shit with me, right? So I'm still going to work. I'm still going to school. I'm still, you know, doing my thing. But I got this kid on the way. Boom, next time the trip shit come around. I get one of my homegirls to drive us, right? I'm like, shit, somebody want to make some money? She's like, hell yeah, nigga, I just moved back to the city. I'm fucked up. I'll shoot you. I got licenses and everything, right? So, boom, we in this motherfucking van. It's six niggas in the van and her driving. There are no tents on these windows. All We in a fishbowl, my nigga. No tents on this fucking minivan. You can see all six of these niggas and these goofy-ass white tees that we got on, right? And we riding down there. I'll never forget this shit, right? So we riding down there. We in the middle lane. And it's this car going slow as fuck. So she, like, trying to go around the car, trying to, like, go to the, you know what I'm saying, to the left and she go around the car. She dip off to the left like she about to pass the car, and the fucking state trooper is right there. So she dip back behind the motherfucking car in the middle lane. Following close as hell, I might add, but she just she get back there. So boom, we I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, just stay in the middle of the lane, just stay in the middle of the lane. Don't don't do that dumb shit no more, right? Bitch, you about to get us cooked. <clears throat> My nigga in the back in the third row, like, yeah, cause they behind us. What, sir? I'm in the front seat. I do what you're exactly not supposed to do. I turn all the way the fuck around. Fishbowl, he looking at me, I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh, shit, they own us. But they just following. Nigga, when I tell, so, bro, there's two niggas in this car on parole, uh, four niggas in this motherfucker who, you know, I don't know what the fuck they got going on, but it's enough in this bitch to sit us all down. It's enough. We'll, we'll all sit down for quite a while. They didn't pull us over. They followed us for a, for a while. Did not pull us over. When they finally pulled over to the shoulder and just, just was parking again, just parked and shit, we breathed such a motherfucking sigh. We didn't talk the whole rest of the way. Like, nobody said a word. We ain't turned the music on. We rode for hours in silence, all of us. Thanking God, you know what I'm saying, type shit. So we get down there, shit go smooth again. But me and my nigga like, bro, we can't keep doing this. This ain't going. I'm like, fuck yeah, you right. Whoop. So that time, uh, you know, we made it back. Everything was good. I think I might have went one more time and some goofy shit happened. Like, not on no business shit but some other shit just with niggas and I was like yeah I'm straight like yeah that shit lucrative as fuck but I gotta give myself a chance on the streets bro I can't I can't be one of them niggas who get out of the penitentiary and go right back you know what I'm saying so I'm like I'm straight on that shit right boom so I come back home 
I don't fuck around no more. I'm doing so good at the job that the lady wants to actually, like, hire me, hire me, right? So she, like, here, fill us out. I'm about to, you know, put you on the, you know, get you all in this motherfucker, you know, whatever, whatever, benefits, all that goofy-ass shit, right? So I fill all this shit out, you know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I done been here for months now, every day, seven days a week, because that bitch was over seven days a week. I've been here every day for months, Months and months. Long time, right? Fill that shit out. That bitch calls like, yeah, uh, today is your last day. I'm like, motherfucker. As soon as this other, as soon as I make the decision to stop doing this shit, you come with this goofy shit. So now, all I got is the local shit that I was doing in the streets in school. That's all the fuck I got, right? And I got this daughter on the way. So I'm like, fuck it, it is what it is, man. You know, I just got to keep dugging it out, right? Now, uh, something else happens. I was on the block one day, and my sister was on the block. And so, you know, I had the close call on the road with the dumb shit. But this was another close call that really changed the direction of my life. So... Uh, this one, uh, so I'm on the block, right? And my sister is on the block. She's sitting in the car in the driveway, right? And I'm, you know, I pull up or something and I see her and I was, uh, so I go over and talk to her and shit. And she like, uh, so we just kicking it, you know what I'm saying? Outside. And the police pull up. So I'm like, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't give a fuck. I ain't no shit, right? So they pull up, hop out. What's going on? Ooh, I'm like shit, talking to my motherfucking sister, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm still on parole, mind you, but I'm talking shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Like nigga, like what the fuck is you talking about, right? So nigga, they asked her to get out the car. She get out the car, and they start searching the car. They handcuff both of us. I'm like, what the fuck? So they like, yeah, nigga, y'all parked in this, uh, y'all trespassing, y'all parked in this uh, abandoned house driveway or some shit. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here, y'all niggas, those dumb shit. So why I'm, you know, going back and forth with them, she like, my sister tell me, she like, it's drugs in that car. I'm like, bitch, what? She like, it's drugs in the car. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, I'm through, like. I'm I'm about to I'm about to go back to prison. You know what I'm saying? On some goofy shit. Some shit that I ain't even got nothing to do with. You in the car with the drugs, but I'm on parole. And I'm about to go the fuck back. Nigga, this is a parole violation. You're done. It ain't it ain't no go to trial, beat the case. No, nigga. Oh, you're on parole and here are some drugs. You're through. That's it. Right? So I'm like, fuck. All I'm thinking is, shit, I was in prison when my son was born. I'm about to be in prison when my daughter born. That's all the fuck. I'm, that's the only thing going through my head, right? So the motherfucking cops go through the motherfucking car. He like, oh, shit, what the fuck is this? Nigga pull out a little baggie. It's like four or five rocks in that bitch. Crack, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what the fuck? 
she, her nigga is in the car. Her nigga is in the spot, you know what I'm saying, across the street. You know what I'm saying? That's why she was over there on the block. Her nigga in the spot, you know what I'm saying? And he done ran in and talked to his niggas and left his little bit of work he had on him in the whip and shit, right? He looking out the window at us. I'm like, I'm shaking my motherfucking head like, nigga, I'm about to go down for your motherfucking rocks, like, bitch ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm sick, low key, you feel me? So... The motherfucking officer come over there like, what the, what's this? I'm like, nigga, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't been in that motherfucker. That ain't my car. I, so I'm pointing. I'm like, nigga, my car right there. That's my car. I was just, I came over here to talk to my sister. He like, oh, nigga, so you putting this shit on her? You trying to say this her shit? I ain't saying nothing, nigga. I'm saying that go my car. I just pulled up like, yo, nigga, that's what the fuck I said. My car right there. Go search that one. That one mine. The keys in my pocket, motherfucker. Fuck is you talking about? No, nigga, this shit yours. This shit yours. Ooh, we going back and forth. Oh, nigga, you trying to put your shit, you trying to put this shit on your motherfucking sister. You a hoe ass nigga. I'm like, nigga, I ain't never put nothing on nobody. Nigga, fuck is you talking about? I'm like, I'm really getting into it with the hook out here. Dead ass wrong because I'm on parole, but they don't know I'm on parole. I know. They don't know I'm on parole. All it's going to take is for them to run my name, and that shit about to pop up, and I'm through. I'm going back and forth with him. His partner is just like looking like, man. Like, what the fuck is going on? So he turned to his partner, me and it, I swear to God, me and this nigga argued for about 10 minutes. He he looked at his motherfucking partner. He like, what you want to do? His partner looked back like, man, you know what I'm out here for. And I'm like, what the fuck did that mean? So the nigga put the motherfucking rocks in his pocket, uncuff us, gets in the car, and pulls off. They was looking for shooters. They like, nigga, fuck these little weak-ass drugs dog got on them or whatever. Pulled the fuck off. That's the moment when I was like, I got to get the fuck out the streets. I got to give myself a chance out here. I cannot, I, I can't trick myself off the streets. And I done had two close calls. God ain't going to give me no more chances. God is not about to give me no more chances. I done got out of a motherfucking out of prison off of an attempted murder beef. Only ended up with five years. I know niggas who got 10, 15, 12 years for the same fucking charge. I only got five. And now I'm about to trick myself off the streets again on some goofy shit. Nah. Hell no. Nah. So after that, I'm like, fuck it. I'm about to just square up like on some legit. Be a square type shit. Now that shit sounds good in theory, right? I did it. Don't get it twisted. I did it. But what I mean is when when you're known for being one thing, people don't want to see you be something else. And no matter how ready or willing you are to change, Motherfuckers ain't ready to see the changed you. And my baby mama was not ready for that shit. Like, nigga, what? Like, I've been a, you know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I've known this girl forever. Since she met me, I was, I've been selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? That job, you know what I mean? Like, she was trying to help me be on some legit shit, but, like, nigga, she knew me for getting to the bag her whole life. I used to sell crack to her mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, her mama was out here bad on that shit. Like, 
Yeah, I used to I used to sell rocks to her motherfucking mama. You know what I'm saying? So that's the, what the fuck she knew me for. And uh, so when I just square all the way up, and I'm low key broke, a motherfucker talking to you crazy. Cause cause they feel like they got the upper hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you need me. You need uh, you need my car. You need my crib. You need, you know what I'm saying, my little couple dollars that I'm making or woo woo like. And this is so fucking insane to me, right? So this is this is something insane to me. But I, I, I understand it, but I don't. So what it is is this, right? I, I don't understand how a person can know you, know exactly the type of motherfucker you are, Never see you lose at anything, but still doubt you. I don't get that. That don't make a lot of sense to me. You've been around me long enough to know I don't lose at anything. There's nothing in my life, and I'm, I'm, I, I ain't never been humble. Fuck being humble. But I'm being as real as I can right now. I've never... Nothing in my life that I've tried that I've been bad at. Nothing. I was on the fucking hockey team in prison up north at Newberry for three years straight. I had never played hockey a day in my fucking life. I didn't even know how to ice skate. I was on the hockey team for three years straight in Newberry, Michigan. Ask about me. I ain't never tried a thing and been bad at it. I'm good at every fucking thing I try. So for a motherfucker to know that about you, commend you on your intelligence, but still doubt you, that's insane to me. But that's what this motherfucker did. Like, she was just talking to me like I was just never going to be shit. Like, that shit was crazy. So, you know, I'm a very... Scorpio, vindictive motherfucker. So immediately, once that became the energy, now I'm just thinking of ways to fuck over you. I ain't gonna lie. You violate me, you disrespect me, The I will not rest until I get my lick back. That's a part of, and you know, I'm 38 now, so I don't even want to change that part. I like I can't even be like, yeah, I wish I could get over it and be the bigger person. I'm too short to be the bigger person. Fuck you. Bitch, I'm gonna get my lick back. I don't give a fuck how long it takes. Ye I'll wait years for revenge. I don't give a fuck how long it takes. You violate, you disrespect. Don't ever trust me again because I'm on your ass. So I start plotting my, you know, my revenge on baby girl. But in the meantime, now time is passing. I'm doing great in school. I'm a fucking 4.0 student. I'm on the dean's list. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, boom, here come my daughter. My daughter's born. So now I got two kids. I'm still halfway working, not fucking with the streets at all. I, I got to give myself a chance. Then I get off of parole. I only had a year and a half of parole. So they come because uh, I paroled to my mom's house. So that's where they come to drop my parole uh, release papers off at. So I had to be there 
And my PO came and gave me the paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, you discharged. So what that means is I discharged from my tail. So I told you they gave me six months to 15 years. They gave me five to 15. So that means you, I do no less than five and no more than 15. So when I got out at five and a half, that meant I had uh, eight and a half more years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nine, well, nine and a half more years on my tail. So I could go back at any time and have to give them that nine and a half years, right? So, uh, but the parole eats that up. So you come out, you get out, you do your time, you come out on parole, you don't violate a parole, you discharge from that tail. I discharge from that whole case, right? So now, I, you know, any any trouble I get in at this point is just new trouble. It, it ain't got nothing to do with this old case. So that whole tail went away. So that was a, a blessing. Plus, I didn't have to pay none of these motherfuckers no more. I don't got to come report all of that type of shit, right? So, you know, life got, a, a, the load got a little easier. Not much, but it got a little easier, right? So, boom, my daughter's born. I'm off parole. I ain't fucking with the streets. And I ain't really working. Um, it was, it was tight, man. Like, shit was bad. And at this time, now it's about 2012. Shit was fucked up for your boy. You know, so I just really leaned into my religion, right? You know, so I, I became Muslim when I came home. I took my shahada in 2010 at the Muslim Center because I had studied Islam while I was in prison. And, you know, I had became Muslim, but I, I, you know, I wasn't going hard with the tenets of faith. I wasn't going hard with the practicing, with the praying, with all of that shit, with the studying like I was when I was in jail. But, you know, and it's crazy because I wasn't even Muslim in jail. But then I come home, I become an actual Muslim, and now I ain't practicing. So, like, 20, you know what I'm saying, once I got all the goofy shit out of my system, 2012, I'm literally sitting down, and I'm like, all right, I'm about to be about this dean, right? So I, you know, just... Got books, studied, went to the mosque all the time. Then uh, <clears throat> I, I left my baby mama, right? So I think I could got like a school check or something. You know what I'm saying? A couple thousand dollars. And I bought a Cadillac from my homeboy. My homie had a, uh, my homie had a caddy. And he sold that bitch to me for like, like three bands. Pearl white caddy. So that bitch tell me nigga just needed some money. Like this car was worth about eight, nine thousand dollars. Probably yeah, like eight or nine, something like that at the time. Nigga sold me this bitch for three thousand. Nigga, I went and got that nigga that money so motherfucking quick out the bank. <clears throat> like I said, I think it was like a school check or something, right? So I go get the nigga the bread. And now like I ain't fucking with her car. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need you to get me around and all this shit, right? So shortly after that, I just, like, lead this bitch. Like, her energy off, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she she talking crazy to a nigga. Like, like I ain't going to never be shit again. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I just need you. You know what I'm saying? And one thing you ain't going to do is make me think that you think that I need you. Once you do that, you're, you, you've lost me. I, I don't give a fuck if it's a friendship, if it's a job. A relationship, I don't give a fuck what it is. If you if you make me believe that you think that I need you, I will show you how much I don't. And that's exactly what I did. So I left her, and 
uh, I ain't gonna lie, my life got better. <laughs> uh, and and this is a crazy fact that I uh came to realize probably last year, twenty twenty one. After every relationship, I'm drinking beer. That's why I keep burping. I'm sorry, y'all. But after every relationship, my life gets better. After every fair relationship, I level up. Every single time. Now it's not been a time in my life that I and I'm talking about serious relationships, not no, you know, high school, you know, middle school crushes. I'm talking about serious relationships. After every time I leave a serious relationship, my life gets better. Because I'm no longer focused, I'm no longer dividing my attention between the shit that I know I have to do and what you want me to do. Because when I'm in a relationship, not only am I doing everything that I know I have to do, but I'm also trying to do the things that I know she wants me to do. Well, once I'm focusing all of my energy on what I have to do, my life gets better. It's that simple. I'm no longer worried about this bitch's feelings. I'm no longer worried about what the fuck she wants or what she might say. I'm totally and 100% invested in what I need to be doing. So I level the fuck up. And this was no different. I left her, got the caddy, left her, and two months later, I had my first house. Two months I had paid the deposit on a fucking apartment. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you where the motherfucking apartments are at right now. The motherfuckers are still up. I was about to live in the apartments right there on uh, Warren, and I think it's Clayburn. Those little apartments right there on, on Warren, right off of Southfield, Warren and Clayburn. My, uh, my stepsister lived in there. I had a homeboy that lived in there, and I was fucking his hairstylist bitch that lived in there. So I'm like, I'm asking, I'm like, man, how much is our rent in these motherfuckers? You know what I'm saying? Because I, you know, I, I grew up on Jerry Road. You know what I'm saying? So I've been seeing, I've been going in these bitches. I had custos in there. We had fuck little bitches in there type shit. But I've been going to these motherfuckers for years. But I, I'm like, I ain't never know nothing about them for real. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Jerry Road. I ain't got no business on Warren at the time. It was up. So, but at this time, I had went to the little leasing office and shit. They're like, yeah, we can get you in this bitch, a deluxe or some shit apartment. You know what I'm saying? Woo, woo, Two bedroom. I think it was like, I think they wanted like six twenty five a month at the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bet, fuck it, come on with it. <clears throat> Mind you, still have no job, but I know I can come up with six hundred twenty five dollars a month. I'm good. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so boom, I'm I, I done paid the deposit on that and everything. I'm in the hood. After I go see the apartment, talking to the leasing agent, I'm in the hood. I stop at a store. I see my homegirl at the store. We get talking. She live around the corner from the store. I drop her back. I drop her off at the crib. She like, uh, I'm telling her like, yeah, you know, I'm about to move across the street. She like, where? I'm telling her about the apartments. She like, shit, you can move in here. Like, fuck that apartment. You can move in here. I'm like, what? She like, yeah, nigga, my landlord on another house down the street. I'm about to move in there because it's bigger. He ain't going to want this house empty. You can move in here. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. She was like, yeah. She called a nigga up on the phone like, hey, you know I'm going to your other crib. Ooh, I got somebody that want to rent this house. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, so should I get on the phone with dog? Ooh, we discuss some shit. He like, shit, when you gonna move in? I'm like, immediately. Right the fuck now. Boom. I get on it. Probably like two weeks, he called my phone like shit. Uh, like, like, what's up? Come on. Boom. I help girl move down the street. As I'm moving her out, I'm moving me in. Just like that. This is all two months after I leave this motherfucking fucked up relationship with this bitch talking to me crazy, right? So, uh, and like I say, my daughter is here. So, boom, two months after that now, oh, shit, bring her to the crib. So I done got a Cadillac and a crib. Not fucking with you. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had none of this shit fucking with you, but not fucking with you. I got a Cadillac and a crib. So she pulling up to the crib. She is bitter. Salty <clears throat> and stay like that, you know what I mean? For 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 a nice little minute. I ain't gonna cap stay like that for a nice little minute. But like I say, at the, when I'm over here, I'm just leaning into my religion. I'm just studying and I'm staying focused, right? Praying, studying, fucking with the dean, not fucking with the streets, not drinking, not doing none of that shit. And me and my BM get into it about something. I don't remember what the argument was about, but I remember I remember when it was. It was around the time that that uh, the, uh if y'all remember that fucking video where that girl was on the bus and she spit on the bus driver and the nigga hit her with the uppercut. I have <laughs> it was it was that it was around that time where that video was popping because I remember I watched that video like forty times in a row. But I'm on, for, I got Career Builder, I'm on the computer, I got Career Builder up on one screen, and I got that fucking video playing on the other screen. I'm that fucking fascinated by this fucking video. Like, I, I watch this video all night, and I'm just filling out applications, filling out applications, filling out applications. And the next day, after the, you know, not the next day after the video, but the next day after I fill out all these motherfucking applications, I get a call. About a plant job in Wayne, Michigan. This chick, her name was Patience. She worked at a temp agency. Her name was Patience. Uh, high yellow, super high yellow. Like, if you didn't know, you would think she was albino. She was that yellow. But beautiful, though. But so Patience called my phone the next morning, like, hey, what you doing? I'm like, nothing. What you doing? She like, no, I got this job. Like, I'm like, oh shit, bitch. I thought I thought you was one of my hoes. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You know what I'm saying? You hit me up like that. She was like, no, I just want to see if you was busy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I literally said that. I ain't gonna lie. So she was like, uh, get up here. So she gave me the address and I shoot up there. And she was like, hey, uh, these motherfuckers at this plant hiring like a motherfucker. Come on in. I'm about to get you in at fifteen dollars an hour. I'm like. Bad. Let's say less. She like shit. You got you. Just, all you gotta do is pass this drug test. I want to give it to you right now. I'm like, no problem, motherfucker. I don't smoke. Let's go. Boom. Going there, pass the drug test. This motherfucker throw me the PPE right there and give me the address. Like, pull up, nigga. I pull it up. She. I pull out. She pulling out. You know what I'm saying? And we pull up to the motherfucking job and Wayne. And boom, I start working. And. That's just what the fuck it was. You know what I'm saying? I'm Cadillac, crib, job. And I'm at this motherfucking temp job. I probably 
you know, we you know it's, it's automotive, it's car shit. You know, it's Michigan. You know what I'm saying? We making parts for all type of motherfucking cars and shit, right? But uh, like I say, for making fifteen dollars an hour doing this temp shit, right? And uh, just grinding, just grinding, keeping my head down. I swear, I didn't go in, in at this time. I didn't go out. I wasn't going out. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I was nigga, I was fucking around on Twitter, fucking around on Facebook. Instagram wasn't even out yet. Still wasn't even out yet. Uh, And, you know, and just studying my dean, right? Then I got some hoes, and I ain't going to lie. You know what I'm saying? As soon as I got the crib, I had, I had, I had the bitches. I ain't going to lie. I always had bitches. Like, broke, uh, not broke. It don't matter. I always, like, I've, I've never lacked on the bitches. So I had some hoes. So, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had the hoes. So I had a couple chicks I was dealing with, but boom, I'm fucking around at the at the gig and shit. My mama, like, I told you, you know what I'm saying? She low-key proud. I'm like, man, I'm a motherfucking temp. I could be fired any day. Like, stop playing. Like, get the fuck out of here, right? She like, no, nah, nigga, you good, you good. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, I just told you. So, uh, what the fuck happened next? So... It's a they put a list up. Now at the time, now let me now now hold on, let me get fifteen dollars an hour is not a lot of money when you have a house, you know what I'm saying, and two kids. So it's not a whole lot of money. So I wasn't balling, right? So mind you, it was some it was some fucked up times still in this time, right? And I remember one specific fucked up time was so uh I only worked Monday through Thursday. You know what I'm saying? I was off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I didn't have classes on those days either, right? On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, literally Thursday when I got off work, my BM would drop off my daughter to my crib. Now, mind you, I'm shit, 29 at the time. But, and it's some shit that y'all knew at 29 that I just didn't fucking know at 29 because I hadn't had the experiences that y'all had because I grew up in prison. You know what I'm saying? Before that, I was a teenager. So I don't know about a lot of shit. I I learned a lot of shit late. You know what I'm saying? So I'm coming, so my daughter would be there all fucking weekend. I'm buying diapers and juices at the fucking convenience store. Versus going to the grocery store where it's so fucking much cheaper type shit. Like, my mom literally had to come over and, like, show me how to shop. Like, nigga, stop doing this stupid ass shit. You're going to blow all your money, you know, trying to trying to do this. Like, no, nigga, let me teach you how to grocery shop. My mom had to teach me how to grocery shop at, like, 20, 28. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, and that's why I just shout out to her. She just did so much for me and shit throughout the years. But... Uh, it was some fucked up times, but so in between, so in between my house and my baby mama's crib, there was a Wendy's and I'll never forget this shit the rest of my life. My daughter loved Wendy's at like three, like loved this shit. And she would just see the fucking sign and be like, Wendy's when she still loves Wendy's now. She's 11. Still fucking love Wendy's, right? But she was like, Wendy's, Wendy's. 
So the meal that she would want costs $4.10. I will never fucking forget that there were days I did not have that $4.10 for that meal. That changed me as a fucking human, right? It fucked my life up. Like, nigga, I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to drive other ways. Like, I'm going around this way and going down this street so we don't pass the fucking Wendy so she won't ask because I know I don't have this $4.10 in my pocket. Like, and this was a part of my life. This was a part of my reality that I had to deal with. You know what I mean? And, you know, I ain't, I don't want no sympathy. I don't want no goofy-ass shit like that. I'm just, voila, I'm just keeping it the fuck real. So a motherfucker can't look at me now and be like, oh, this nigga, no, nah, nigga, I was fucked up out here, like, not too long ago. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, see, oh, he be going to Egypt, and he, you know, bought a truck and motorcycle. Fuck all that goofy-ass shit. That shit don't mean nothing. I'm, I was fucked up out here. You know what I'm saying? And I don't hide that part of my life. I don't run from that part of my life. If there were days I did not have the fucking $4.10 to buy my daughter's the meal, it got so bad, I knew I ain't had no motherfucking money. I wouldn't even want her to come over because she might ask for a fucking juice or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I ain't got no money to go to the grocery store to get her none of this shit. Ain't no bridge cars for niggas, for single dads. That It, it don't exist. Nigga be in this bitch hungry. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no, oh, nigga, you a single dad, we're going to give you, you know, $400 a month in, in groceries. No, it, it don't work like that. So there were days that where I was that fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, it ain't that I don't want to see my kid. It's just I know I can't provide. And that's what the fuck God put me on earth to to do is to provide. So it fucks with your with your ego, with your you know what I'm saying, with your consciousness, with with your manhood. Like God damn, I can't do the fuck the the fucking thing that God put me here to do, which is provide and protect both of them, not just one. You got to be able to do both. And shit, I, I I couldn't do one, not all the time, not all the time. But when I moved to that house, so the house was on uh, Memorial and Warren, right? So this is where I'm living. And, you know, you know, my daughter getting dropped off every motherfucking Thursday, so I got her for all weekend, right? Then one day, my mom was like, hold on. You work Monday through Thursday, and then you got your daughter Thursday to Monday. I'm like, yeah. She like, you do this shit every motherfucking week. I'm like, yeah. She like, when do you have time for you? I'm like, I don't. Mind you, I told you, I wasn't going out. I hadn't been to a bar. I hadn't seen a fucking movie for two years, like a year and a half, maybe. I had, I didn't go to a I didn't do shit. I ain't, I didn't go to the mall. I didn't do anything for a year and a half. I, all I did was read books, went to work, and raised my kids. I didn't do nothing for a fucking year and a half at all. So my mom like, nigga. Next week, drop her the fuck off over here and go enjoy yourself. I didn't even know where the fuck to go. I was like, shit, I dropped her off. So when she got over there Thursday, I dropped her off that same Thursday. I went and picked her back up Friday night. Like, man, what the, what the, fuck, I'm about to, what the fuck I'm about to do? You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't even know what the fuck to do. But 
I got to fucking with this Arab chick, right? When I moved over there, because I'm like Dearborn, Detroit border. So I'm fucking with this Arab chick, and she was like, you so skinny, you so skinny, you so skinny. And she would just buy me fucking food. Like, she would just fill up my motherfucking refrigerator, like, all the time. Like, I didn't have to ask her nothing. She would just, every week, she would just come over there and just bring groceries and, like, cook meals for me and my daughter and shit. So I'm fucking with her. And low-key, I probably, like, I thought we was going to get married. Like, she she definitely wanted it. But I'm like, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really want to marry an Arab woman. Like, I don't. I don't really nah, like I gotta marry a black woman, right? I had never been married at the time. But and and man, the fucking the sisters was on me. I ain't gonna cap. The sisters was on me because I'm young, I'm a new Muslim, I got a house, a car, and a job, and I've never been married before up until this point. So the sisters and the moms was on me. I would go in there, throw them on haircut, you know what I'm saying, smelling good and like, motherfuckers was offering me their daughters and their aunties and cousins and shit left and right. No cap. They was offering the fuck out of them people. Uh, That shit was wild. Like, like, yeah, bro, I got a daughter. Man, I got a sister. I got an aunt. I got a cousin. Woo, woo, what's happening with you, Ock? I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking know. But, yeah, like I said, I'm fucking with the Arab chicken. She, she, uh, she. You know what I'm saying? Buying me food and shit. And we getting it in. All that little goofy shit, right? But I'm fucking with, like, three other chicks at the time. You know? And they was all Muslim. I ain't going to lie. I'm fucking with all of them. And then I meet the woman I married. (laughs) And this shit is wild. So if y'all don't know, again, like I said, this is me giving y'all the information that y'all don't know. <coughs> so if y'all don't know, I was married, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, she was living in New Orleans at the time. And I was, you know, here, up here working, right? And... She knew that she was on her way back, so she was, you know, popping at some of her people up here, letting them know, all right, I'm about to move back up there to Detroit. And somebody mentioned it to me. Somebody in the mosque mentioned it to me, like, bro, I got this sister for you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful sister, this, this, and the third. She about to be moving back up here. Y'all should link. So I get her uh, her Instagram. Instagram had came out now. So I get her Instagram, and we looking at each other's pictures and shit, right? Boom, we we friends, we inboxing, we doing all that. Then finally we exchanged numbers. It's so crazy. So, uh, cuz I worked at the time I was working midnights. So she would talk to me throughout my whole shift. You know what I'm saying? And but so when we exchanged numbers, she DM she like, "Ooh, we just talking on the inbox and liking each other pictures." She like, "Well, shit, just give me your number so I can text you." I'm like, "All right, cool." So I give her my number. I'm at work. I give her my number, and she don't text. I'm like, "What the fuck? Damn, why you just ask me for my number? You don't text, and then you stop talking." So boom, that first night, nothing. Second night, nothing. No text. No inbox. Third night, I go to work. I'm like, fuck that. Like, she done forgot about me. So I'm like, let me go to her page. 
and start liking some some pictures just in a row, just so she could nigga, hey, look at me, you know what I'm saying? Smoke signal type shit. So I do that. And like five minutes later, I get an inbox. She was like, I guess I'll take this as my first rejection. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I scroll through the inbox and I look and I'm like, oh shit. I done sent this girl the wrong number. Like I changed one of the numbers in my phone number when I sent it to her. So I type in a new number and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so motherfucking sorry. Like I typed in the wrong number. This the number. And boom, she texts me. She was like, oh, shit, I thought you ain't really like me. I thought you ain't want to fuck me. I'm like, hell no, like, you beautiful. Like, shit, we talk all the time. Like, come on with it. So, boom, we talking, talking for a couple of weeks. And then she finally, she like, all right, well, I'll be up there, you know, next week. So, she, she comes back up. So, she drives up here from New Orleans. Now, like I say, I'm fucking with three Muslim chicks and three Black Muslim chicks and the Arab chicks. I got four Muslim chicks. And here comes this other Muslim chick, right? And uh, she gets up here and boom, she go to her mom's house, you know, and then she comes to see me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever the fuck got to happen, got to happen. Like, I'm keeping you, right? We getting married. And shit, we do it. We go downtown, get the paperwork. I go tell my mom, my mom tripping, like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, you just met this girl. I'm like, yeah, like, that's how Muslims do. Like, we get married real fast because I'm the only Muslim in my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody else, this is new to them. You know what I'm saying? I took my shahada and became Muslim, and just that was that. So they didn't really understand, so I'm just giving them the breakdown. Like, yeah, like, we, we move kind of fast as far as marriage is concerned because, you know, we don't want to sin and this, this, and the third. So my mama ain't trying to hear that shit. Her mama ain't trying to hear that shit. But, uh, you know, I'm grown as fuck. Like, shit, I'm about to do what I'm about to do, right? So, boom. Uh, then I'm going to tell y'all a crazy-ass story at the end about the wedding day. Oh, my fucking God. But anyway, so, boom, we do it. Like, we meet. She comes up from New Orleans, and we meet. And after the 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 meeting, it was probably 11 days later, we were married. And we went from being, you know, talking in, on the inbox to texting to meeting to marry in a month. Shit was wild. Illest shit I've ever done. Shit was wild. We got two kids now, all that type of shit, right? So, <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you all about the wedding day at the end. That's the, that's the story time with Tarek. Man, shit was crazy. So, anyway, and, uh, you know, I just did some... uh what they call it. I did some hell of a foreshadowing, too, for that. God damn. <laughs> Yo, that, that'll make sense when I tell the story. But anyway, all right, here we go. So, yeah, boom, I get married. And so, mind you, I'm still a fucking temp at my job, right? So I get to work one day, and they put a list up. And on the list, it said, high low uh class training you know what i'm saying i'm like damn because i'm working production i'm on the line you know what i'm saying i'm like fuck yeah i love to drive a high low like them niggas don't be doing shit but it's for employees only i'm a temp i've been a temp for a fucking year and a half something like that a year year you know what i'm saying something like some long some months some i don't know how the fuck long it was but uh <clears throat> They got a class in like two weeks. High low training. 
and it's but it's for employees only. It's ten slots on the line on 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 the on the sign up. So I'm like, all right. So the first day, no one signs it. It's right near the time clock. First day, no one signs it. Second day, I go to punch in. It's one signature. Third day, one signature. By like the sixth day, it's like five signatures on there. I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm signing this list. These niggas playing. I sign a list. I'm not supposed to. I get a call that weekend. Hey, you such and such? Yeah. You trying to take the high-low class? Yeah. You an employee? I mean, I come to work every day. He say, you a temp, ain't you? <laughs> I say, yeah. He like, man, fuck it. Be here next Saturday at 8. Mind you, we don't work. You know, we only work Monday through Thursday. You know what I'm saying? He said, be here Saturday at 8 a.m. It's a morning class. I work nights. I'm like, all right, bet. I'll be there. Saturday, we watched motherfucking videos. Sunday, we rode to Hilo, and I was Hilo certified as a temp. I ended up getting hired in right after that because some contract shit happened, and they had to pay us some back pay because I was a temp for too long and all type of shit. But this was, like, months later. But that incident is so significant because it changed. That changed my life. Just signing that list that I wasn't supposed to sign, getting in that class that I was not supposed to get in, went from me looking for jobs to me turning jobs down. Once I was high-low certified, it was a wrap. Motherfuckers was calling me. I put that shit on on my career builder, my LinkedIn, all that shit. Motherfuckers was calling, hey, man, we need you to do, uh, yeah, we got this job and this, this, that, 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 yeah, unloading these trucks and da 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 I'm like, God damn. And it's crazy because I end up getting fired from that particular plant. Uh, not even, shit, I, I wasn't even on the high-low for, for five months. Before I got fired from trying to uh, whoop my boss's ass, right? That's fuck that nigga. Uh, but yeah, he's about to get his ass beat. But uh, yeah, so I end up getting fired from there. But like I say, now I'm turning jobs down, and I've been in school this whole time, so I'm about to graduate. So I got my fucking first degree. I got my high low license. I'm turning down jobs. My life is leveling up. And, but, so my life is leveling up, you know, uh, socioeconomically. I'm climbing the socioeconomic ladder, ladder. you know, I'm, uh, the whiskey kicking in. You know, I'm, I have more, on paper, I'm, I'm more educated, you know, I make more money, you know, all of this type of shit. I got this certified, I got, I got this years of experience now. All of that shit that I was supposed to have in my early 20s, that motherfucker that y'all had already, I was just getting at 29. You know what I'm saying? I was literally just getting there at 29. I came home at 27, got off parole at 28. Now I'm just getting here at 29, and it was not an easy fucking battle. So I get the first degree. I get the first associate's degree from uh <clears throat> from WC3 graduate uh shit was lit my mom was so motherfucking proud my son was there like 
it was it, you know it was it was a it, it was it was dope man it was it was really fucking dope man and it 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 meant so motherfucking much you know what I'm saying because one I didn't become a statistic and you know the recidivism I didn't get out of prison and go right back which I I had I, I tried I had plenty of fucking opportunities you know what I'm saying back son dope. You know what I'm saying? Fucking with lean appeals and doing all this goofy ass shit. When I first came home, it wasn't like I wasn't trying to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like I was literally trying to fucking go back to prison. But I ended up persevering, you know, following through, not wanting to, but having to. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like I, I just made all the right choices and I ended up where the fuck I ended up. No, nigga, I took a fucked up route to get here. I didn't plan this shit out perfectly. Shit ain't work out perfectly for me. I was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Living with an ungrateful ass woman who felt like she had the upper hand and talked to me crazy, belittle me, tried to emasculate me, tried to tear me down, all of that type of shit, from taking penitentiary chances on parole to not having the fucking money to fucking feed my kid to whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't, you know, out here, oh, I'm balling, I'm rich, I'm fuck all that. That's goofy shit. I'm just saying it's a fucking far cry from where the fuck I was, and it wasn't no easy journey. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't nothing given to me. So if a motherfucker don't take anything else, take that part. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, don't just be looking at Instagram pictures now Years and years later, like I said, this shit was when my daughter was three. She upstairs right now, nigga. She's a, she about to be twelve. You know what I'm saying? So we talking about nine years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit was a lot. This shit was a. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so the, 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 it was a while ago, but the shit was. It, it was a grind, my nigga. It was a motherfucking grind, and shit was hard. Shit was fucked up. Shit was goofy. You know what I'm saying? And it was a, a fucked up. Marriage, the relationship was, we, we didn't know each other. That shit didn't last. That shit didn't work out. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't cute. So I'm making more money. I got more education, but the motherfucking relationship is fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it, shit was bad. Bro, did, like I say, man, don't look at no goofy ass Facebook or Instagram pictures and think you know what the fuck going on behind the motherfucker. Don't think you know what that motherfucker been through. Don't think, oh, this nigga life is this or this nigga life is that. Listen, man, a lot of y'all finding out some shit in, in this episode that y'all ain't never fucking heard from me, but why lie? I ain't got no reason to lie about none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? This shit was not fucking easy. This shit was not cute. And I'm still not where the fuck I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm doing a lot better than I was doing nine years ago. A couple more degrees, a couple more dollars an hour, you know, all of that goofy ass shit. But I'm not where the fuck that, like, this ain't the, this ain't the pinnacle. This ain't the zenith. This ain't, this ain't the top of the mountain for me. You know what I'm saying? And. I ain't talking about a dollar amount because that ain't that don't that don't make you shit to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that that that's not how I keep score. 
So I'm just saying that there is more work to do for me. I, I think I got a bigger purpose to fulfill. And inshallah, I'm out here trying to fulfill it. You know what I mean? And, you know, I ain't trying to preach or no shit like that. I'm just I'm just keeping it 100 while I don't look at a nigga's situation today and think you know what the fuck going on. Because, like I say, a lot of y'all go listen to this and learn, hear some shit about me y'all ain't never heard before. But this episode been long as fuck. If it's any questions y'all got, let me know. Uh, shit. Any other gaps or holes you want me to fill, let me know. I'll fill them. And, uh, I'm gonna get into this story time with Tarek real quick, though, man. Because I ain't did story time with Tarek in a minute. So, uh, yeah, that's it on that tip. So, story time with Tarek. Here we go. Wedding day madness. So, I told y'all I was married, right? And I told y'all that before I got married to, you know, the woman I married, <clears throat> I was dealing with four other Muslim chicks, right? Uh, we ain't gonna drop no names. We ain't doing that. But, yeah, it was four of them, you know what I'm saying, that I was dealing with. And uh, two of them I probably, I possibly could have married. The other two had no fucking chance, right? But anyway, so when I, you know, announce it to the world that I'm getting married because, you know, it's a part of the religion to announce you're married or or, or getting married, according to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you announce it. So I did. And it took everybody by stone. Like I say, my mom ain't fucking know what the fuck was going on. It was She was blindsided. My sister, she ain't know what the fuck was going on. I, <clears throat> I only invited maybe like, maybe like 10 or 15 people. You know what I'm saying? It was a small gathering. We got married during Ramadan. But uh, <clears throat> I went to the to the Muslim center, and I talked to Imam Khalil. Uh, uh, to Allah we belong, and to Allah we shall return. That's basically R.I.P. Because my brother passed on. Imam Khalil passed on. Subhanallah. Yeah, he died uh, last year. Beautiful brother, beautiful soul, man. Wonderful soul. I learned so much from this brother over the years. Oh man! Oh my God! In Allah, he resumed. So, uh, yeah. So I went to the to the uh, when I knew I wanted to get married, uh, I went to Imam Khalil and I asked him, you know, what I'm saying, would he perform uh, the ceremony for us, the nikah? Uh, so he was like, yeah, for sure. Like you get married, brother. Yeah, it's alhamdulillah. You know what I'm saying? This is on the third. Yeah, I got you. <clears throat> so I go to him. Boom, I let him know, like, all right, yeah, we about to get married. Like I said, it's during Ramadan, so we're going to have the ceremony right before uh, Margaret, right before it's time to break fast for the night. You know what I'm saying? So after the ceremony, we can have the reception, quote, unquote, and we can eat. So, boom, we we doing that. So I got uh shout out to Ro. I got my nigga Ro. He's my best man. And uh, so... We chilling. We getting ready. This the day of the wedding. We getting ready. You know what I'm saying? I got this me Rose with me all day. So she with the girls and they, you know, handling all the other business. She with my mama, my sister, her mama, her Muslim homegirls and shit. And they doing all they ends. And so it's just me and Ro. And we doing our end. 
Then I get a call, probably like five o'clock. Now mind you, the wedding is like at eight, maybe. I don't remember exactly, but we're just gonna use those. So let's just say it's five, and the wedding is three hours from now. <clears throat> I get a call from Imam Khalil, and he like, "Hey, brother, I need you to come up here. We uh, we need to have this conversation." Woo-woo. I'm like, "What is what's it about?" It's about tonight. I'm like, we still good for tonight? He like, yeah, we kind of still good, but I need you to get up here as soon as possible so we can talk. <clears throat> Your wife will be here in a minute. And he like, uh, he was like, yo, uh, intended, basically, we'll be here in a minute. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, so I'm like, bro, what the fuck going on? He like, shit, I don't know. We got to get up there. You know what I'm saying? Boom, I get up there. Me and Ro pull up. Uh, we go in this office that I've never been in. Until this day, we go in this office, and uh, so it's me, the woman I'm going to marry, Imam Khalil. We're walking into this room, and when I get there, it's one of the chicks that I was fucking with and her homegirl sitting at the table. So I'm like, what the fuck? What is is this? What's going on? So he like, yeah, brother, we just need to talk real quick, and. You know, this sister that came to us and said, got these allegations and what, you know, this, this, that, and the third. I'm like, all right, well, what's the problem? He like, uh, she's saying that y'all was dealing with each other and that she can't believe you about to get married because y'all was, you know, y'all was just fucking around. Like, I'm paraphrasing. This ain't what this, you know, Muslim minister said. I'm paraphrasing. Right? <clears throat> but, that's what imam means minister he's a religious leader right so he so i'm paraphrasing he like yeah basically saying y'all was fucking around and now you you know you done left her high and dry to marry old girl i'm like uh what's the problem <laughs> like yeah yeah uh yeah i was fucking with her like we wasn't fucking around yesterday but you know I, you know yeah like me and her had dealings but i ain't never told her i was i ain't never told baby girl i we was gonna get married and no shit like that I ain't never gassed her to believe that. And he like, he so he look at her like, shit, you telling us like dog was was promising you the, the, the sun and the stars and now he just left you. She like, no, this, this, that. I'm like, yeah, my friend. I, I, I'm like, have I ever told you we was going to do anything? Have I ever taken you to the movies? Have we ever been out to eat? Have we, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is you talking about? Like, no, it wasn't that. You know what it was, right? So then her homegirl chime in. We're like, well, what about blah, blah, blah? I'm like, did I ever tell blah, blah, blah that? Or blah, blah, blah? Did I ever tell her that either? I, I, if I wanted to marry all of y'all, I could have. I didn't want to marry none of y'all. So I didn't. This the motherfucker I'm about to marry today in a couple of hours. And, you know, Imam Khalil, like, like yeah, like, we, like, like, I, like, sweetheart, baby, I understand you upset, but. This brother ain't done nothing wrong. Like, you you came in here like he wronged you. Like, he didn't wrong you. You grown. You made a choice. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, like, I ain't, I ain't violate you. I, I, I wasn't gassing you up. None of that. We was fucking, baby girl. I, I didn't want you. We, we was fucking. But they literally came in there and tried to stop my motherfucking wedding hours before, man. Like, literally hours before the motherfucking ceremony. They came in there and tried to put a halt to that bitch. That shit was crazy. But I have to commend the woman I married because she didn't let that ruffle her. She was like, fuck them hoes. Nigga, we getting married. Like, you know, so fuck what them bitches talking about. 
That shit don't bother me. Fuck with the, nigga. I know where the fuck you be. Woo, it's up. Let's go. So yeah, that that was that. That was crazy. It was straight the fuck up wedding day madness in that bitch. But you know, we ended up getting together anyway. We had a beautiful ceremony. Uh, we got two beautiful children and. Shit, we the best of friends, low key. You know what I'm saying? Like we have a better relationship now than we did when we was, you know, husband and wife. So all's well that is well, I guess. And with that, I'ma get up out of here. But I want y'all to shout. Listen, listen, my man, Tim Flood, the buggy man. Y'all heard the commercial. Stop playing. Matter of fact. I'm about to play that motherfucker again right now for y'all. Stop playing with him. All your needs. I'm up out of here. But this episode is brought to you by. Better call the buggy man. You should call the buggy man. Call 1-800-867-8431 for all your pest control needs in the metro Detroit area. Terrify your pest with the best. Shout out to my man, Tim Flood, man. Call the buggy man. You heard him. Don't play with that boy. <laughs> I'm gone, y'all. Peace. Switched up, they was looking down on me. Now I'm up, wish you would've stuck with me. Now you stuck, cause somebody else hating every time I look up. Can't keep me down.